Welcome to the Winning Edge Investments Podcast. Winning Edge Investments provides industry-leading horse racing and sports betting tips, ratings and education, enabling you to invest intelligently and treat your betting like a business. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com to learn more about how you can start to supercharge your betting bank immediately. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. We're joined by David from the NRL Tips Service for Winning Edge today. How are you, David? Good, thanks. How are you going, Brad? Yeah, very well, thanks, mate. Pretty successful season. Yeah, it's done pretty well this year. Pretty happy with it all. Tell us how it all went. How successful was it? For the year, we were in the 78-unit profit region. Just a bit over that, but approximately 20% profit on turnover. Um, just a 53% strike rate. So I didn't win all the games that I would have wanted to, but um, pretty happy with the final results nonetheless. Yep, good work, and obviously had to adapt to a different kind of season this year. Um, well, something's changed for the season. The game of football is still played the same way. Still need to score tries to win the game, and as we've seen the results, it's ended up that same way. All right, mate, so give us a bit of um, bit of backstory on your journey. What was your journey into this kind of role, and how did you start on sports modelling? I started off reading the book Trading Bases by Joe Peter. It's a great read, and that started me off to where I am today. I think it's rather incredible how much content there is out there. Everywhere you look, there's content around. Um, there's plenty of worthless stuff, but there's a few good books and podcasts out there to learn from. Andrew Mack's got two good books, and they're a great starting point for people. As it turns out, there's... Very little luck to do with it, and it's just a lot of hard works in front of a computer screen for me. So we've already sort of touched on how the NRL season went, but let's go more in depth. So tell us more about the service and how it's gone this year. Currently I'm betting into the NRL every week and baseball props daily. Um, primarily I place these bets online just due to liquidity so that I can get on. I find a bit of a mental thing. I don't log on and check how my bets are going on these accounts through the week. I'm const- not constantly refreshing an app. I've got no temptation to place negative expectation bets. This just allows me for a bit more of betting discipline. Uh, I'm not betting every game every week, and I think that bodes well as I'm not disagreeing with the market on every game, only where I find an edge. Uh, this year, I've had a really good run with the season. A bit lucky towards the tail end of the season, but we had a good start too. I'll take all that profit that comes with it. After round 20 of the season, the NRL service is sitting at over 78 units profit. Um... 20% profit on turnover, a 53% strike rate, with a few more opportunities being available in the finals. The summary of the model is that it generally finds one to two teams to back and lay throughout the season, and the opportunities on those teams and matchups as the weeks come by. This has been seen by a couple of teams, namely the Warriors, Titans, and Cowboys, and Panthers. Well, I've been betting against the Seagulls and Eels. This year's been an interesting year for the NRL with top four teams being so largely separated in the front of the next six teams and a bit of a gap to the rest of the teams in the league. I'm of the opinion that coaching is such an underrated part of the market. And from what we've seen this year with the Warriors and the Storm, a tight-knit group will play well. I send bets out on middays at Tuesdays, just around when lineups are released, and I like to get on as soon as I can. So, so tell us about the number of games you sort of covered during during the week and um, you know across a month. Generally, week to week, I'll get two, maybe three or four bet stops out um, and then four weeks in a month, so up to 16 bets in the month ideally. Uh, just trying to get what I can out where I'm just finding value and just leaving where I don't see any value. Yep. 
So tell us about, obviously with the finals about to start this week, how do you see it playing out and who are the teams to look out for? In terms of the finals this week, I'm really on the storm to win it all. Um, I think they can send off Cameron Smith on a high note. Anything can really happen there. The Panthers I've got currently rated as marginally better team. But again, anything can happen. It's rugby league. I yeah. see value currently for both of those teams to be the current premiership market. Um, with the Roosters currently being overrated. Okay, interesting. So you think the uh, Roosters won't be able to get another trophy on the mantelpiece? Unfortunately for them, no. I don't think they'll go three in a row. They just had a lot of injuries. And whilst Morris Twins have been a good pickup this year, uh, just the injuries in the forwards is really hurting them. All right, let's go through all of the teams for 2020s and tell us how they all fared in, in your view. I'll start with the Tigers. I uh, backed the Tigers six times for four wins at 10 units of profit. And I also bet against them for 2.7 unit loss for team net of 7.3 units profits on all the games that I bet into that the Tigers were involved in. On the season, the Tigers covered nine nine times out of 20, which goes to show that they approximately achieved to their market expectation. So the Eels this year, I backed the Eels once for a win at 2.2 units profit and bet against them seven times for four wins at 8.7 units profit for a total profit with Eels of 10.9 units. On the season, the Eels covered six of their games, which just goes to show that the market moved up their ratings for the Eels at the start of the season and didn't bring them back down when they lost their run of form. In the Eels games, I won five of the eight bets. And I think just a few key injuries to some of their forwards and a regression to the mean dashed the Eels' hot start to the year. And all right, let's go through, let's go to the Knights. The Knights are back four times on the season with one win for an 8.7 unit loss. And bet against them four times for three wins for 20.8 units profit. This totals roughly to 12 units of profit for the games involving the Knights. Given that the Knights covered 12 of their games this year, it shows that I picked the incorrect team to back and lay. Um, and that we just got luckies in a few games that I bet against them. Uh, perhaps a bit opportune timing, but on the whole, the Knights definitely outperformed. So before we go through the rest of the teams, was there you know, teams which were starkly overrated or underrated throughout the season, just as a bit of a summary? So the Eels definitely were starkly overrated this year, um, and the Broncos as well, um, but everyone's seen what's happened with the Broncos this year. But our underrated teams, definitely the Panthers run. Um, it's incredible what they've been doing. Um, they covered 15 of their games in the year and just really excelled. And the Sharks too, no one's really been talking about them, but... They covered in 14 of their games and really excelled from their market expectation. Yep. Cool. Um, all right, mate. Let's yeah keep keep going through with the rest of the teams. Uh, the Raiders. I backed them twice this year um, for no wins and an 8.9 unit loss. And I bet against them six times for four wins at 31.3 units profit. This totaled to 22.3 units of profit for games involving the Raiders. Given their eight games that they covered for this season, it was quite good laying the Raiders for the season. Uh, they performed a bit below expectation. Ricky Stewart this year has changed the style of play that the Raiders use um, to a more conventional style of play, and it's boded well for them. More consistency and less variance. Uh, Josh Papali has had an outstanding year that I'd love to see more of next year. He's played at Jason Tamalolo level of the game in terms of impact on defence, and he's nearly there on attack too. All right, let's, uh, let's touch on the Cowboys. Yep, the Cowboys. Uh, I backed them six times for three wins at 9.2 units profit and laid them once for a win at 6.9 units profit. 
on the whole for the season, I profited 16.1 units from the Cowboys games. And given they covered nine games on the season, they achieved pretty well to what the market expected. And I was just able to back and lay them at the right times. Um, with a fit and healthy Tamalolo in 2021, the Cowboys should come back a bit. But they need to get that back line and errors sorted with more discipline. I think this is something that Todd Payton, the new coach coming in, should be able to do, given what he's done this year with the Warriors. About What about the Broncos, mate? They had a bit of a tough season for any Broncos supporters out there. Yeah, Broncos supporters will be sad. They uh, haven't had a good run this year. Uh, I backed them four times just for the one win at 8.8 unit loss. And then I laid them twice for two wins for 19.1 units profit. This totaled 10.3 units profit for Broncos games. Given that they covered seven games on the season, it was a good year to lay them. Uh, betting to perceived edge when I saw the Broncos underperforming is what made profit for me on the year. The composition of the Broncos next year is quite unknown. Um, given the new coach and just a lot of question marks over a lot of the players in the team, it's just my personal opinion at the moment that we'll be laying them again quite a bit next year. Yep. So they'll be overrated again even though they've had a, a horror year in 2020? It's hard to say, but just I don't see a lot of future... From what I saw this year, although there's definitely going to be a lot of player movements and changes, um, it's just so tough to tell right now, but we'll be laying them when the yep. opportunities come up next year. Yep. All right, and um, sticking with the Queensland team, what, what about the Titans? The Titans are back six times this year for five wins at 33.5 units profit and laid them once for a loss of 2.2 units. Uh, it's totaled to 31.2 units profit on games involving the Titans this year. Uh, the Titans covered in 11 of their games, which shows they performed at about the average rate to what the market expected. And I was just able to back them at the right time. The Titans have been outstanding in the past few weeks. Uh, incredible run of form. And they should be great to watch next year under Justin Holbrook, despite the loss of Jai Arrow to the Rabbitohs. Um, but he's been injured now for mostly this hot run. Uh, so I think they should do pretty well. Finals next year for the Titans? Uh, it's definitely a good chance. Um, this could just be a bit of luck this last run, but definitely be one to watch next year. Yep. All right, and one of the uh, premiership contenders, the the Roosters. Yep. The Roosters are back then once for a loss of four units and laid them three times for one win at 6.9 units. Loss for a total loss of 10.9 units on the Roosters. Given that the Roosters covered in nine games of the season, I just picked the wrong points to back them on the year. Um, they performed better than I projected. And the Roosters are a bit of concern, though, in finals for me, given all of their injuries. Uh, but Trent Robinson's a great coach. He might be able to pull something off in the finals, but uh, I'm not counting on it at the moment. All right, and uh, the Dragons? The Dragons, I backed them five times for two wins at 2.4 units profit and laid them four times with two wins at three units of profit. This totaled to 5.4 units of profit for the games that the Dragons were in for me. The Dragons covered in eight of their games for the season. They show that betting in Dragons games are effective because of bet sizing. Having their new coach in for next year will be interesting, given the Dragons are losing a few key players uh, this offseason. All right, and the Storm, the one which you think are a good hope to win the Premiership this year. How did you go on them this year? Yeah, I backed the Storm twice for one win at 3.6 units profit and laid them four times for one win at a 2.2 unit loss, totaling 1.3 unit profit on the season for Storm games. Uh, the Storm covered in 13 games in the year, which shows missed opportunity by not backing them more in the season. Uh, they performed above market expectation quite well. Just been a lot of player availability questions in that team. Uh, players being injured or rested. 
uh, obviously Craig Bellamy is outstanding coach and really good talent evaluator. He's been able to get the best out of nearly every player that's gone to the club. Despite Cam Smith being the best player I've ever seen, I don't think the potential loss of him will disturb the performance next year for the Storm. They're the one you think will be hardest to beat in the finals? Yeah, um, on them at the moment. Uh, might get in on some of the Panthers' action, but for now I'm on the Storm train. All right, and also the Bulldogs that were um, languishing at the bottom of the table this year, but how did you, you go with them? Yeah, I backed the Dogs twice for one win at 2.8 unit loss, uh, and then laid them once for a win of 5.1 units, totaling for 2.3 units profit on Bulldogs games this season. Uh, the Dogs covered the line in nine of their games, showing that they performed about at market expectation. Um, but a lot of those games were very high lines, and there just wasn't a lot in it. There are a few opportunities to get involved with the Bulldogs this year, and I'm interested to see how their offseason goes with player movement, given the new coach, Trent Barrett, coming in, and he's very attack-driven, and attack's something that they've really lacked this year. So you're tipping an improvement from them next year? Um, it's something that I'll definitely be watching for, yes. Yep, yep. All right, another finals contender is the Sharks. How did you go on then in 2020? Uh, the Sharks, I backed them three times this year for two wins at 1.2 units profit and laid them five times for one win at 14.3 unit loss, totaling 13 unit loss on the Sharks this season. Uh, this year, the Sharks covered in 14 of their games and really excelled. I got the utilisation of Sean Johnson wrong for the Sharks this year and didn't expect them to make finals. Uh, whilst I don't see them going far in the finals, they're definitely one to watch for next year. Uh, just with their back line doing really well. And some of the younger forwards are playing very well. It'll be interesting to see if anything happens with Andrew Fafita. Andrews have really taken a toll on him this year. All right, and uh, what about Manly? The Manly Seagulls. I didn't back them once this year, but I did right? like 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good move, I think. Yeah, no, I um, definitely hit the nail on the head with Manly. I laid them 10 times for seven wins at 21.9 units profit. Uh, mainly covering eight games this season, which shows they underperformed slightly to market expectation. I was just able to lay them at the right times. Uh, with the re-addition of Kieran Foran next year, perhaps to play a hooker, this team, they could improve upon this year's performance, but the loss of Aiden for Noah Blake will hurt them early on until they get set with their forwards. Definitely that key prop. All right, and what about the Warriors? They were a bit of a fairy tale side this year, keeping the competition alive. Yeah, the Warriors did really well this year. Obviously, they're stuck in Australia, isolating from New Zealand the whole way, uh, playing away from home, away from their families. Um, they really were the second favourite team for every fan this year. Uh, it's good to see what they were able to do in the tight-knit group in their little hub they had in Tamworth for a while, and it's great to see them win that game that they played in Tamworth for the local community to give them a bit of a thanks. Um, I backed them nine times this year. Uh, for five wins at 34.1 units profit, and uh, I didn't lay them once at all. I didn't see anything at all that I could lay them for. The Warriors covered in 12 games this year and surprised a lot of people with the performance. Wow, 12 games. That's Yeah, I know they did very well towards the end of the season, but um, covering in 12 games is a positive for them for next year. Yeah, they definitely flew under the radar for a lot of the middle of the season. Everyone's aware of what they were doing at the end of the season, but through that middle of the season is when I got a lot of action on the Warriors. And uh, what about the Rabbitohs, mate? How did you go on them? Yeah, I backed the Rabbitohs four times for one win at 7.4 units loss and laid them six times for three wins at 6.8 unit profit to put the Rabbitohs total at about half a unit loss on the season. Uh, the Rabbitohs covered in 10 of the games and performed pretty much how the market expected. Accurate bet sizing the Rabbitohs in games I laid them proved effective for the profit and loss. 
uh, with the Rabbitohs performing this well this year without Latrell Mitchell. It'd be good to see how far they can go next year. Obviously, they've got Wayne Bennett there as coach. Uh, plenty of experience there. And the Panthers, a bit of a surprise packet um, for many, but now the Premiership favourites, I think they are still. Yep. The Panthers have had an outstanding year. I backed them five times for five wins at 23.2 units profit and laid them twice for no wins at a 16.6 unit loss. Uh, for a total of 6.5 units profit on Panthers games for the season. The Panthers covered in 15 of their games and really excelled beyond everyone's expectation. Uh, I overreacted to their brief loss of form in the start to middle of the season and laid them a couple of times when they're just about starting their undefeated run. That uh, really cost me there. Winning Edge Investments is an independent provider of tips, ratings, and betting education on horse racing and sports, recruiting only the best full-time professional punters and expert analysts. Does your tipping service offer transparent posting of results every day using an achievable odds recording method? Do they offer a 120-page betting education pack with every membership? And do they provide a profit guarantee, loyalty bonus credits, refer a friend bonuses, and special insider discounts to valued members? If not, head over to winningedgeinvestments.com for a different, better experience. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments. So we've gone through all the, all the sides there. What about a bit of a breakdown of how the entire season's gone for you? Yeah, for a breakdown of the season performance, uh, given that an overall strike rate of 53%, most games come down to essentially a coin. But effective unit sizing is what saved us. Uh, the year was a bit of a surprise to me in how many games were bet with a large perceived edge. Typically, there are more games with a lower edge than a larger edge, but uh, the modelling found it quite consistent this year on high perceived edge games. I believe this is attributable to the large disparity of skill between the top four teams and the rest of the competition. In a breakdown of bet sizing this year, the bets between two and four units, I won seven of 16 for 7.6 unit loss. That's negative 16% profit on turnover. Given that there is only a small edge in these games, there isn't a lot more than a coin flip to it. And one or two of those losses going to wins would have made it a profitable grouping. In the four to six unit range, I won six of the 14 bets for 9.7 unit loss at negative 14% profit on turnover. Again, just one or two more wins in this group would have turned the sample into a profitable one. In the six to eight unit edge range, there was 10 bets for six wins at 9.6 units profit at 13.8% profit on turnover. Should one of these games come to a loss, then this range would have been unprofitable. In the eight to 10 unit range, there were four wins from seven bets at 8.7 units profit at 13.6% profit on turnover. A close margin of performance in this category with another win or loss would have made it a more profitable losing season. In the 10 units and above range, there were nine wins from 12 bets. This category really drove the profit margin on the season and showed that effective bet sizing when there's a larger perceived edge will really assist in bank growth. Uh, there were 79.8 units of profit in this range at 55% profit on turnover. In summary, this was a unique year in bet edge with it being so even. In a perfect year, I'd see more bets and profit from the lower unit ranges but still an even strike rate across the board and less profit from the higher end so obviously the higher staking was more profitable throughout the season what do you sort of put that down to uh the higher staking just this year i'd just say down to variance within the teams and just the results uh yeah. 
obviously that's where I see the most perceived edge, but to have such a large strike rate in that compared to the other games, just a bit of a surprise to me. And I'll have to go back through at the end of the season, but I just think that's just the way the coins were flipped. You, you don't sort of see it as a validation of your, your model and your ability to find the team to back with a higher confidence? Uh, yes, I do believe that it does indicate that I've seen that there, but it's just uh, puzzling for me that it hasn't reflected through to the lower um, bet unit sizes as it yep. has in previous seasons. Yep. Um, definitely something I'll be looking at. Interesting year, 2020. We've had the restart of the seasons. How have you found changes to the rules as well, and how, how have they impacted the games? Yeah, the rule changes this year that have come into play, I believe, really tested teams defensively, and that can be seen in the latter. Um, it's teams that are good defensively that are up the top and playing in the finals. Uh, the rules of the game are that half of the game should be playing on defense and half of it on attack. And given that, I think defense should be kept as important as attack. And whilst people grow up practicing set plays and playing around in a park, practicing attacking moves, it's really the teams that have been drilled in discipline and defense that have made it into finals. Whilst rule changes in the past have impacted how the game's been played and impacted player performance, uh, as seen with the 20-meter restart a few years ago, reducing the number of ca- attacking kicks in the goal area, um, saw some impact on a few players, namely Daniel Tupo. They did a lot of attacking kicks from the Roosters back then, and he used to go up and catch the high ball. Personally, I'm not of the opinion that adding a wild card round to the NRL would be beneficial. Uh, with a regular season consisting of 25 games or so for each team, and the current final setup allows for half the teams to progress. A wild card isn't needed, unlike in American sports with the NFL, baseball, or hockey, or basketball, where there's a much smaller portion of the teams that make it to the finals. So tell us why you're so focused mainly on the on the, the line betting. With the line betting, I perceive there being a lot more impacts on the game at the moment than what the market are taking into account. At the moment, I'm typically just placing line bets as this allows for a slow and steady approach to bank growth. I've looked into doing more head-to-head betting, but find that the drawdown periods in those can be quite harsh, and the mental impact from that is harder than just following line betting. I do use multis from time to time myself, but very scarcely. I think multis on the whole are quite a tough way to find profit, as the VIG or overround are multiplied through with these, and just one loss will cause the whole thing to be lost. Uh, points bet have their unique spread betting product, which as far as I'm aware is relatively new to Australian American markets, but it does have value in it too but it can also result in large swings due to the nature of spread betting. Uh, I don't get all the bets right every week, and I don't fa- usually favour futures bets, but there is so much that can happen in the season in terms of injuries or a change in playing style, and the futures bet really just tie money up for a whole while. Yep, yep. All right, so you're very uh, disciplined and data-driven in your approach. Tell us where you get your data from. Yeah, I pulled data from a few different sources. Um, then from there, I developed my own advanced metrics to establish my ratings. Uh, then our main website and Fox Sports do a good job of tracking all the basics for the game. Whilst there isn't quite like the Fitzroy package in AFL for NRL at the moment, maybe one day we can get one and we can get further in-depth analysis, more open to the public. Although there is the uh, green lumber fallacy that uh, a lot of gamblers talk about, I don't think it's just enough to get data and do some data science to it. People can find a way to twist around numbers and make any team look good. But you need to have a logical basis to the analysis first and then use the data to back it up. I think it's really quite incredible what Bill James started for the whole world of statistics and data science all those years ago in baseball. And now we've got expected goals in hockey and soccer. 
and advanced metrics for American football. I've always played around with a few bets here and there, but since I developed my model in its first iteration, I started to take things more seriously and get into it properly. And here I am. I love learning about what I can do to find extra edges um, through different aspects of game. I try to take it all in, all the information, everything that happens, and in all sorts of betting models or analysis to see if there's any way that I can incorporate something that I come across into what I do. Um, I'm a big fan of Taleb and his line of thinking. I've read all of his books, and uh, just as a lot of the uh, other big bettors do, I end up with a lot of contrarian views to the market. Yeah, so we're on the eve of the finals now, mate. So what do you predict will happen in the finals and uh, beyond? Currently on the storm to win the grand final this season and send off Cam Smith on a high note. Anything can really happen, though. Uh, Panthers currently have Raiders marginally better, but anything can happen in the finals. Uh, I see value currently betting on both of those teams to win the whole thing, uh, with the Roosters currently being overrated. I don't see a lot of potential for the Knights in the finals, given the official announcement of the retirement of Tim Glasby. Uh, which is unfortunate given how good of a player he is. I copped quite a few concussions when I played footy, and that's just why I had to stop too. Given that the Knights are up against the Rabbitohs in the knockout elimination final, the Rabbitohs should get through. Uh, I see the Storm not having trouble with the Eels, with them having to face the Rabbitohs in the next round. I'm inclined to think the Rabbitohs will knock out the Eels, um, but the return of Sean Lane will keep them in with a bit of fight. Uh, the Raiders should beat the Sharks first up, and could get past the Roosters in the second week, uh, but I don't see them being much of an issue for the Storm beyond that in the preliminaries. In this week, the main edge that I see is for the Panthers. They'll make light work of the injured Roosters. Ivan Cleary has really done a good job of steering this team towards the finals. Now they just need to go for a couple more weeks and win the whole thing. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks for your assessment of the, the finals, especially um, in-depth of the first week. Yeah, congratulations on a highly profitable year, and... Um... I'm sure the members have had a bit of fun backing your selections. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, people are free to reach out to me via the Winning Edge email or on Twitter at Crispy's underscore luck. Um, I'm always keen to learn more and hear from people. Awesome. All right, thanks, David. Thanks for coming on the show, thanks. mate. Thanks for your time, Brad. At Winning Edge Investments, our team of highly skilled expert analysts and full-time professional punters review the data, crunch the figures, assess the best betting opportunities, and deliver them to your phone via our app and your email inbox in real time so you profit. Go to www.winningedgeinvestments.com, look at our membership options, make your choice, and enter the promo code PODCAST to receive a special 25% discount on your first membership just for listening. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T in capital letters for a 25% ongoing discount on your first membership. Treat your betting like a business and invest intelligently with Winning Edge Investments.